we are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE. Now I am Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have Mike Roberts. And again, another social distancing episode. And again, I keep saying again, it's another social distancing episode, but that seems to be the theme here uh, for these past couple months. Mike, what is it? 100 plus something days. I stopped counting, dude. Seven days today. It, it just all right got depressing, dude. I had to stop counting, man. I was like, great day. But, um, well, yeah, you know, we keep getting emails every day to remind us. Yeah, we do. We do get emails every day. <laughs> cannot get away from it. Cannot get away from it. All right, today we have uh, another guest for you guys here for your listening pleasure, of course, as always. Uh, but first, I want to remind you guys to check us out on our social media Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all at the handle Henrico CTE. Stay up to date with us. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find the podcast on our host. Uh, Anchor TV. You can uh, find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, all your major and minor podcast venues. Please like and subscribe. Make sure that you get your notifications whenever we post a new one. We post them regularly on schedule every two weeks, right? Yep, yep. Every two weeks. Every two weeks, if we can help it. All right, guys. Okay. We'll and yeah. Even though, even with COVID, hey. we managed to stay on schedule. Hey, somehow, man, that that might be a small miracle in itself, right? I think we only missed like one show when we were told that we had to leave, uh, and then yep. we had to figure things out after that. But since we figured things out, we've been we've been on schedule, and thank goodness uh, for that. But there is a doctor in the house, ladies and gentlemen, here today. <laughs> <laughs> there is a doctor in the house, and we will get to uh, her uh, right now. So. Uh, could you just, uh, Sammy, just introduce yourself and give us a brief description as to uh, what you are doing? And also, I forgot to mention that she is a product of one of our ACE centers. So uh, that being said, you know what I mean? We're very, very proud to actually get an interview with her because she is very, very busy. So uh, just give us a brief uh, description of what it is you do and tell us where you're doing it and how you're doing it and how you're liking it. Sure. Yeah. Hi. Um, thanks for having me. My name is Sammy Habib. And I am a doctor of veterinary medicine, just graduated from Virginia, Maryland College of Veterinary Medicine. I am currently working at a small animal private practice, uh, seeing dogs and cats mainly. And I've been there for a couple of weeks now. Okay. Yep. Yep. And, um, you know, actually where she works, uh, I take my dog. So, <laughs> like, I literally live, like, uh, right, right around the corner from um, where she is actually um uh, What's, what's the um, name of it? Use. It's Lock A. Taylor. It's actually really, really close to home. So you're a product of the vet science program I mentioned. How did you find out about our program in high school, and uh, what made you want to try it out? So I can't remember exactly how I heard about it. It must have been somewhere through school. Uh, I went to Godwin High School, and I think I just I must have heard about it through school, um, and I ended up going uh, half a day my junior year. And... You know, I've always wanted to be a veterinarian uh, pretty much since I was very young. I wanted to be, I told my parents I wanted to be a veterinarian and just chase that dream. So I heard about the program and was already interested. I went and checked it out um, the day where you go and get kind of like the tour of all the centers. 
and I fell in love. I saw all the animals in Miss Bowles class and, and decided that's what I wanted to do uh, my junior year. And, and you know what, Mike, that's what, why we stress the importance. Mike and, and myself, we help with the recruiting, and we go out and we talk to the kids one-on-one. And they have this opportunity. I think this is what uh, Dr. Habib is talking about right here, this opportunity uh, to um, come and visit the A-Centers and actually get a chance to look at some of the programs. We offer a field trip for them to come visit the A-Center at Holland Springs and the A-Center at Hermitage. And, Mike, and we're seeing right now that that may be uh, very, very impactful. There's not another situation where – a student is able to come and visit the classroom, visit with the teacher before they sign up for the program. Where even the CTE classes yeah. in their high schools, they that they may take, it's still just checking off from a list. But this is an opportunity where the students are able to sign up, go on a field trip, uh, pick two classes at each one of the two A centers. Uh, visit with the teachers, see the classroom, see the lab, yep. and find out more about what they could do versus reading a couple of sentences or a paragraph uh, describing the program. This is a you know so visual, hands-on, um, and I think the really nice thing is is to meet who could be your future teacher. Right. And, and, to talk, and, and the fact that they get to, they're visiting an active class, so they get to talk to the students that are currently at that time taking that class and finding out how they like it, what they enjoy about it, and it to be something to kind of reinforce your plan of this is what I want to do, I talked to the teacher, I really like the teacher, I talked to the students, they seem really excited, yeah, this is definitely what I want to do, I'm signing up. Yep, so yeah, this is, it's, it's an important part in the recruiting process, and, and uh, Dr. Habib definitely uh, uh, helped us solidify, you know, you kind of giving us an example of how successful that might have been. So uh, I'm going to ask you to dig a little bit back down into memory lane, dig into your memory. So what is your fondest memory about your time with the ACE Center? If you can think back and, and tell us one of your fondest memories is, is being a student in our vet science program. Or a funny yeah. story, you can share that uh, as well. Yeah, so, man, there, it was so, it feels like so long ago, but um, I definitely remember in Miss Bull's class, we were, the grooming days were kind of like the, the big excitement, and I'm not sure if she still does that, but. Um, she does, she still yeah. does that, yep. Yeah, yeah, so those were like my favorite days, because you actually have hands-on experience with animals, and, um, you know, that's, I'm a big proponent of that, especially for people who, for younger kids who tell me they want to be a veterinarian it's it's just getting your hands on animals learning how to properly restrain them learning you know just simple techniques that sometimes are overlooked um and so i think the grooming days were definitely my favorite days because you actually got hands on and learn a lot of techniques and learn how to deal with more difficult animals or animals that are nervous and shy or some sort of aggressive animals and learning ways to work around that yeah, because you never know what kind of animal is going to walk through your door, and you got to be well equipped to be able to service all of our little furry, scaly, and whatever Sean, else type of friends yeah. we have. My, my dog still goes to the class. My I'll, daughter Mike. went to the vet program. <laughs> she graduated from Godwin just like you did, and um, and went to the vet program, and used to bring our dog Pickles to when she was in class. And even though Caitlin has graduated it graduated and gone through college. We, my wife and I still take our dog Pickles to see Mrs. Bowles to get groomed on a regular basis. Hey, man, the students over there do a pretty good job, I have to say. They, they do, do a really, really Pickles good job. Pickles is excited. She knows where <laughs> she's going. <laughs> 
So, uh, on the topic of experience you gained uh, from grooming day, and I guess just the chat, uh, just the class in general of vet science, uh, talk about how that helped you all, along your long journey to become an actual vet. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy when I used you emailed me the questions and I started reading through them and I was like, man, there's so many things that I learned from Miss Bowles class that I still carry with me today. And the one that jumps out at me the most is, which is sounds strange, but um, it's something that's never really covered in vet school and was never covered um, in undergrad classes. And I'm not sure, um, you know, if she still does this, but I remember having to learn like all the different dog breeds and. I think it was like up to a hundred different dog breeds. Oh wow! And you know, especially when people come in with a, a mutt or a puppy that they just adopted or rescued, and that's one of the first questions that they ask you: what, what, what kind of dog breed do you think this is, or what do you think it's mixed with? And you know, looking back at it, it's like she. I remember learning and studying those dog breeds, looking at pictures online, what the features of the certain breeds, and really learning the. Um, you know, I think it was. There's seven different groups of dog breeds, and, and we went through and, and learned each of the different groups um, at a time. It was a, a, over a few weeks that we learned these breeds, but it's really definitely stuck with me and helped me along in my career because that's a major question I always get asked. Right, and I'm sure that helps you out being that you deal mostly with with dogs and cats, as you said earlier. I'm yeah. glad I'm glad I'm glad it stuck. Right, I mean, because it's 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 a, it's a journey becoming a vet. Yeah, it's 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 strange just because. It's something that we're expected to know, but I don't know how I would have ever learned it unless I had Miss Bowles' class. Okay. Mm -hmm. that's, that's amazing that she's teaching something that I, I, I would have thought would have been covered once she got to college also. and that it, But the, she seems to be you know, teaching it, but maybe not when you get to college. That, that, I, found that, that, I found that interesting. Yeah, yeah, you know, in, in undergrad, um, I may have taken a, a little different route than, than some people, but yeah, it's, it was never covered in, in vet school, never really sat down and say like, okay, this is what this breed is, this is what it looks like, uh, this is what you look for, things like that. I mean, obviously, there's the obvious ones, um, like Pug, Chihuahua, yeah. but then there's other ones that, that we definitely learned about, and I still remember, you know, the, all the different types of breeds, and it's because of her class, I definitely attribute it to her. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, she, she, Mrs. Bowles is as a very great teacher. Caitlin, when she was in class, just really, really was just beaming about her every whenever she talked about it. Yep, yep, and uh, that goes a long way. Uh, I mean, a good reputation certainly travels with students. My, my dog liked Mrs. Bowles. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody likes Mrs. Bowles. That's how about that? How about that? <laughs> so, uh, Doctor Habib, how about were you working at a vet office, or did you receive any experience before you attended vet school? So, you know, after the A Center, or maybe during the A Center, or yeah. So, um, so probably one of my first experience with animals was at the A Center um, in Mrs. Bowles' class, and then I kind of hit the ground running after that. And um, at the time when I was applying to vet school, they required I think it was like 600 hours um, of like time with animals under a licensed veterinarian. Um, and then they also required, I think it was like around 300 hours of research time. Um, and so I started after, uh, right around when I was going to Ms. Bowles' class, I remember um, that summer trying to get in anywhere I could to get experience with animals. And so I volunteered at Maymont a few times, um, you know, 
pretty much doing the dirty work there, but it was a, definitely an experience. And then uh, volunteered at the SBCA a few times. And then um, I shadowed at a veterinary office um, a couple of days a week. And then I finally got my foot in the door at Lock Taylor um, as a volunteer. And I started volunteering there and then I went off to school. But right before I went off to school for um, at Virginia Tech for my undergrad, uh, I was volunteering so much because I was pressed to get all those hours because 600 hours is, you know, that's a lot. Um, and I eventually started showing up so much as a volunteer that they decided to hire me as sort of like a kennel assistant. Okay. Because um, they, they needed my help and they needed, they knew I knew what I was doing because I had been there for so long as a volunteer. So then every summer um, in undergrad, I would come back and work there as a uh, veterinary assistant. Um, and so that really helped me. And then, you know, long story short, I'm, I'm still, I'm there now as a veterinarian and it's just crazy to think of where I'd come from. Um, and, and, you know, I just think it's really important for people who do actually want to become a veterinarian or even just a veterinary technician to really start trying to get um, hands-on experience, like I said before. And so, um, you know, Maymont was, you know, I di didn't work directly with the animals, but just seeing the husbandry that's involved and all of that. Um, later on in my undergraduate career, I also uh, just kind of out of luck as well, got into um, a research position with chickens. Um, it was an immunology lab. And so I got hands-on experience with chickens in the chicken houses up at Virginia Tech. Um, and it's just super important, especially for anyone thinking about going into the field, trying to get their hands on or working somewhere around animals of all different species. Because when you go to vet school and then you graduate as a veterinarian, you have the freedom to work on any animals you'd like, whether that be horses, cows, pigs, sheep, you name it. You want to go work at a zoo. Um, and then, then there's other positions, research that you can do. You can work for a corporate job. You can work for the government. And so I think it's really important um, to think about what you'd like to do and then trying to get those experiences and see if you actually like it. Uh, absolutely. And this is something we talk about or preach all the time here on this show and not on this show and in Rico CTE in general. And we try to be the best example of that. Right, Mike? I mean, go out there, get to the experience and see what you like, what you don't like and and try to help. And that'll definitely better help you find your place or fit inside of your chosen field. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, that, that's what, you know, when we were recruiting the students, you know, that's what we tell them. This isn't a chance to, to get some experience that they wouldn't normally get. You know how many students graduate from high school and are going out looking for a job they don't have any experience how many students graduate from college and go out look for a job and they don't have any experience you know this is hands-on experience no matter what program they're with so i, I think that's what makes uh Henrico cte and the ace centers important absolutely absolutely so sammy yeah. um how long did it take you to get accepted into virginia tech's program and talk a little bit about your experience um, um with virginia tech's program yeah, sure. Um, so, so you can, as long as you have all the prerequisites um, to get into vet school, you can apply. Um, you don't even have to finish your undergraduate degree, uh, but you know you have to really work hard. And uh, you, you know, you, I didn't come in with enough credits for college as I probably could have. And so, I did four years of undergrad at Virginia Tech, um, and my major was uh, animal and poultry science. Uh, so I actually worked a lot with livestock, um, including 
cattle and sheep. Um, and that was a great experience. And um, so then I applied my senior year uh, at Virginia Tech and I actually got waitlisted um, at the Virginia Maryland College of Veterinary Medicine. And I applied a few other to a few other schools and I, I didn't get in anywhere there. And you know, it's super tough, it's very competitive. Um, but so I applied again and that required me to take a gap year between undergraduate um, and vet school. Um, and so I graduated college in 2015 and I took a gap year and I actually just worked at Lock Taylor as an assistant again and I got and now that I think back at it, I, I don't think that I was ready to go to vet school. I don't think I had enough experience. I, I learned so much just working that gap year um, at Lock Taylor and getting, you know, learning things, doing, getting more experience and learning skills like drawing blood and, and all of that. Um, but then I, that, after that gap year, I got in um, in 2016. Um, and so I graduated in 2020 in May. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it flies by, it feels like four years is the longest time ever, but it actually, it flew by and it, it's tough. Vet school is definitely not one for people who can't stay dedicated and, and don't handle stress well, but it, it's definitely fun at times. You definitely do things that put you out of your comfort zone, uh, probably do that more than you think. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't have any experience with horses before getting into vet school and I think the second day of class starting my first year we had a lab on horses and I was just terrified uh, <laughs> uh, but but you know it's 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 a challenge but it, it's fun and you it's very rewarding and definitely it's really cool I'm still getting used to people calling me Dr. Habib it's definitely <laughs> but but it, it, it's, it's definitely awesome, um, and I definitely would recommend it if, if someone's really dedicated and, and willing to work hard and stay motivated. Yep, yep. So let's let's stick with that theme of challenge, Dr. Habib. So what was the most challenging thing about uh, being part of the VET program there, and how did you stay motivated to ultimately overcome that challenge? Yeah, yeah, so that kind of goes to, um, you know, I'm okay taking tests and doing that, like, I'm just a natural test taker, do really well. I don't get stressed out with taking written tests. But um, starting vet school, you, you do these things called OSCEs. And they're basically, you have a professor that's sitting there watching you do a practical skill. Oh, that sounds nervous. Yeah, yeah, those <laughs> were some of my most nervous days, most stressful days, just trying to prepare for my OSCEs. And, and it would be something simple as putting a halter on a horse. Um, and other ones would be, you know, put, placing an IV catheter, monitoring anesthesia. It's just all the things that you need to learn as a veterinarian. And so those were probably my most challenging times in vet school because it was just so stressful trying to make sure that I knew everything. And it's just kind of intimidating watching someone who's extremely smart is, you know, been a doctor for years and watching you do some skill um but you know it, it, all the stress and all the tears is definitely worth it and if you just stick to the mindset that you're gonna do it you're gonna be okay you're gonna make it through and eventually one day you'll reach your goal and your dream of actually becoming a doctor of veterinary medicine I mean, the proof, the proof is sitting right here in front of us, right, Mike? I mean, uh, yep, exactly. you went right through it, Dr. Habib, and now now you uh, have the title of doctor and, and vet. That is yeah. 
that is a wonderful thing uh, right there. Yeah. What um what can you can you tell us any interesting experiences you've had while you were in vet school that stand out to you? Yeah, yeah. People always ask me that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even. <laughs> there are just so many things that probably that I probably take for granted um, that that most people have no idea. But um, one of the probably one of the coolest things is, and it's probably just because it was out of my comfort zone. Is um, they're they're starting to really get into teaching uh, other ways of medicine, like Chinese medicine, um, and so we talk a lot about acupuncture. Um, and so one of our labs, one of the days of our labs was um, going out on the, they have a horse research facility. And so we went out and, and did acu acupuncture on some horses. And man, you see acupuncture needles for humans. They're like, you know, <laughs> I can only imagine. Long. an acupuncture needle for a horse is like six inches long. I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty crazy. Um, and, you know, just just random things it sounds gross but like doing um you know rectally palpating is always kind of a very new and weird experience to me um you know sh being shoulder deep up a, a cow's you know what you know what yeah i've seen dr paul, <laughs> we're, seen get, dr. paul we're getting so we're I'm getting the message here <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so definitely had a few laps practicing that and we're just kind of go into each cow and, and feel the differences and trying you're trying to really assess the um, reproductive tract but it's definitely an experience to say the least yeah mike we're gonna have to put a uh disclaimer on this episode man because of that part i'm just kidding i'm just exactly. <laughs> i'm totally I mean, if anybody's watched dr paul i have never cows seem to have some of the weirdest problems oh yeah when it comes to reproduction that or digestion it's like how did the stomach get that way why are we got to fix this it's, it's strange it's very strange so yeah. so dr habib talk to us about i know you, you really just became a vet would you say you graduated this past may right yeah and yeah. uh so just talk to us but you've been actually been working uh in the field or working with animals for quite some time so just talk about us about some some coming innovations that you think might be coming to the vet world um and and all that good stuff yeah sure i kind of touched on it already um especially with the program i went through at virginia maryland but um i i really think it's a there's a lot of cool new things for like therapy and therapeutic uh, like something like acupuncture, and that's definitely becoming more popular. Um, the more people learning about it, more clients um, wanting to seek that out. Uh, there's also laser therapy that's being kind of slowly working its way up. Um, and, you know, just things like that that aren't typical traditional medicine that I think are really cool. Um, we have a really good program at, up at Virginia, Maryland for uh, therapy dogs and things like that. Um, we have an underwater treadmill up at uh, at the at the college, Virginia, Maryland, and basically that's to help dogs who are older and are struggling with arthritis because um, swimming isn't the best thing for those joints. And so they basically it's a exactly what it sounds like. It's a treadmill, but then they fill it up with water, and it helps take the weight off of them, but helps them get their range of motion back. It's, it's, it's sort of like the, what the athletes use uh, when they're trying yeah. to re rehabilitate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Rehabilitation, it's, it's very up and coming, and for, especially for older dogs that are 
struggling with arthritis, hip dysplasia. Uh, so there's really cool rehab things that, that people are really trying to kind of get going. Okay. So what, what would you say you enjoy most about your job? Uh, what do I enjoy most? I think, um, you know, just giving people, uh, sometimes we'll, clients will come in and they're just so upset or bothered that their pet is, is not feeling well and kind of helping not only make the animal feel better, but giving them that relief that, that everything's going to be okay, we can fix this, we can try and figure out what's going on, and, and uh, you know, it's, you know, usually things turn out well, and, and I can I like being able to help people as well as the animals, just seeing their relief and how thankful they are. Um, it, it's Obviously, there's some sad parts to veterinary medicine, and um, you know that you have to think about that too when going into the field but there's definitely many many rewarding days yeah man and I mean you really are working on people's family members at the end of the day like cats and dogs in particular uh, people really grow attached to those uh, animals in particular yeah yeah definitely and I, I feel the same way I always joke and tell people like I'm obsessed with my dog I understand <laughs> why you're upset my dog is like my I, you know He's a family member, exactly what you said, and so it's it's nice being able to help people when, when not only the animals but help the people when I know they're distraught as well. What made you? When did you decide that of what type of veterinary care you wanted versus you know large animal versus small animal? I mean, I'm assuming that what you're doing right now is small animal, but you were exposed to horses and cows and, and chickens and other things um, uh, when you were in school. What, you know, when did you decide that you wanted a vet and why did you pick the direction you did? Yeah, yeah, so I think, you know, from a, a young age, uh, I had always said I wanted to be a veterinarian and I think always in my mind, I had imagined myself just working working on dogs and cats, but yeah, um, you know, I definitely worked on a bunch of different animals and I think I, it's a, two different types of medicine when you're thinking about working on, on large animals like cows and, and sheep um, as opposed to dogs and cats. Uh, a lot of times when you're working with, with um, cows and, and sheep and pigs, it's more your, it's more of a herd health that you have to start thinking about because if one animal gets sick, then you have to right. figure out, okay, do I need to isolate this animal or do I need to prevent, make preventative measures to prevent this disease from spreading and all of that. Uh, and not that I don't enjoy that, but it's just maybe a little bit less personal uh, than than I than I like. Um, and so I like having you know this is Fluffy and this is Fluffy's problem. Can you fix Fluffy? Uh, as opposed to here's a whole herd of cattle. Like here's their problem. Um, so I, I I knew from probably for a while that I wanted to be um, a a small animal tracker, which is. Um, in vet school, your third year, you, you pick a track, which is uh, you can do small animal, which is primarily focuses on dogs and cats. Uh, you can do public corporate, which is geared more towards uh, like government jobs or corporations. Um, you can do large animal, which is mainly cows, uh, some sheep and, and pigs and, and um, other smaller livestock like llamas and, and things like that. Uh, you can do equine, which is just horses, um, and then you can do mixed animal, which is all of the above. Um, and so, 
you know, like I said, I think I just always wanted to work with dogs and cats. I always imagined myself at a private practice having clients come in with their dogs and with their cats and, and seeing them. Uh, you know, a couple of the doctors I work with at Lock Taylor do see uh, reptiles and birds and pretty much anything that can get in the door. We, they do see pigs um, and things like that. And so that's definitely something that I'm not opposed to. It's, it's a little bit intimidating right now, just graduating from school and <laughs> just trying to get my bearings on dogs and cats. Uh, but eventually, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to, to seeing a, a little hamster or uh, you know, even a pig at some, to some degree. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah, the now that you've gone through, you've had the experiences of actually working in a vet hospital. You've gone to school and all those experiences there. What would you, what would you like to, to tell a, a young student who is they have an interest? You know, I they, a lot of people say they want to be a vet. A lot of people don't understand all the aspects of it, and right. they find out when they get to whether they go to us going through one of the ACE centers or they find out when they get to vet school. Hopefully it's, what would you it's, tell hopefully it's through yeah. us first. <laughs> yeah, <before> exactly. <laughs> uh, what would you tell a student looking to become a vet? Um, you know, what would you tell them to discourage them, encourage, you know, encourage them, you know, so that they understand what it is that the real world of, of what you do? Yeah, yeah. So, like you said, I, I hear it all the time, especially from younger kids. Oh, I want to be a veterinarian, and I guess I was just one of those kids that, that never gave it up. But um, you have to be motivated, and you have to be willing to work really hard. And working hard doesn't only mean studying, but you have to make sacrifices. And those sacrifices are, are something that you have to be willing to make in order to move forward in the profession. Uh, I know my, my fourth year of veter of vet school, I didn't get to come home for Thanksgiving. I didn't get to come home for Christmas. Uh, so those were things that I had to sacrifice. And just all along the way, I was always making, having to make sacrifices. I, you know, I remember Saturday nights in undergrad, staying up till 2 a.m. And while other kids were out, you know, partying or doing whatever, I was at home studying or in the library studying for or organic chemistry. Um, and so you have to be willing to work hard and stay motivated, stay dedicated to the profession if it's something you really want to do. And then I have already touched on it, but I'll keep saying it is get as much experience as possible with as many animals as possible. Absolutely. And one of those one of the ways you can do that is by coming on to the A Center as Dr. Yep. Habib Absolutely. is actually a product of um, herself. So uh, running up running up against the clock here, I want to say uh, send a super duper thank you out to uh, Dr. Habib for taking her only day off to come and talk to us for what it was, I think about 30 minutes. Yeah, we're at yep. 30 minutes here. Uh, so I want to send a, a huge thank you over there to Dr. Sammy Habib. And uh, bring your animals to go see her. If you, if you live close by uh, to where she works, what's, where are you at right now, Dr. Habib? Uh yeah, it's a, it's Lock Taylor. It's off Woodman Road. The closest intersection is probably Woodman and Parham. Yeah, Woodman and Parham. So yeah, I take my dog over there all the time. Good folks over there, reliable. They will treat them just like they are family. So again, thank you so much, uh, Doctor Herbie, for coming out and talking to us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yep, yep, of course, of course. Uh, before we go, I want to remind you guys to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all at the handle Henrico CTE. Stay up to date on everything we got going on. And, Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find our podcast on our host, Anchor. 
Um, you can also find us in all the major minor podcast venues, such as Apple, Google, Spotify, and many others. Um, please like and subscribe. We're here. We're still doing this despite yep. COVID. We're still <laughs> getting these done. We're getting the information out about CT and why it's important. Talking about the essential careers. Rashawn has he's one hitting the pavement on the phone make sure you get great guests so that we can get the information out to you guys because i mean hopefully we're going to be back in class here soon and kids are going to be we're going to be out recruiting and yep. and talking to to parents and students about uh, signing up for our uh, a center and cte classes please 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 listen to us all right yep yep so we're just trying to get the word out get the good word out about cte yep. and what it can do for you and your community and uh, for your future, ultimately. All right, guys, so that's it for us here for Mike Roberts, uh, for Dr. Sammy Habib. I've been Rashawn Garnett. Until next time, we out of here. So long, everyone. <laughs>